Welcome to Triple Option. I am your host, Adam. I am here with my co-hosts and best friends, Sengi John and Reynaldo Gomez. How are you boys doing today? Pretty good. Doing, doing pretty good here. Good. Uh, so listen, everyone's been asking us why we're creating this podcast. And I think we both, you know, all of us, we became closer as friends. We kind of realized how our different backgrounds and our different cultures, different experiences give each and one of us... Uh, a unique perspective on how we review different situations and, and kind of why we think the way we think. So we just kind of like picking each other's brains and we never really came in here with a plan or a theme for the podcast, but we just kind of like to talk about a wide range of topics on a daily basis. And we find out that kind of listening to each other's perspectives helps us separate viewpoints other than our own. And this kind of helps us empathize with others in ways we didn't really think possible. So in me personally, I kind of sit down with these guys and I've been doing this, you know, a lot recently and I always kind of find it cathartic to kind of listen how what, what their viewpoints on are and different things. So that's kind of why we started this. Yeah, man, I agree. Um, I definitely learn a lot more when, uh, when I'm talking to people who don't have the same opinions as me. And, uh, you know, I think it'll be a good experience for us and for the listeners to, to just get a lot of different opinions in there. Um, so a little bit about us. We're three medical students hoping to graduate within the next year. Um, me personally, um, I'm an Indian American Christian. Um, parents came over from India about 30 years ago, and uh, they've built a, a good life for me and my sister here. So uh, the experience and the uh, the culture I have is going to be a little different than the other guys, and uh, I think that's what makes our uh, our podcast uh, an interesting one. You know. Yeah, you know, I tend to agree. Ray Gomez and I'm from Venezuela, born in Venezuela. Uh, both of my parents and most of my entire family is from Venezuela. And came here to the U.S. with my brother in 2001. And, you know, meeting these guys, I feel like we do have a lot in common, but we're also so different and unique. And I feel like that's what's going to add a lot to this podcast, our unique viewpoints. And I feel like, you know, it'll be interesting what we each have to say about these different topics, because I know we're each uh, especially passionate about them. Yeah. <laughs> Adam here. I am a uh, Syrian American. My um, my family are born and raised in in Syria, and my parents kind of came over 30 years ago uh, after uh, one of the Syrian civil wars, and uh, they kind of went from different states here in in, in the United States, and kind of uh, uh, it was it was a tough tough ride for them in the first. Uh, my uh, my dad graduated medical school in in Damascus, Syria, and being kind of a, a foreign graduate there, um, it's not always easy to, you know, just get accepted and, and, and start kind of residency and, and medical training in the U.S. So uh, he kind of worked at a gas station for a couple of years when my mom was a, was a hairstylist. And luckily he was, you know, he started residency and, and here we are. I actually didn't know that about your father. Yeah, Have I ever met your father? You, I don't know, actually. Have you? I don't know. I've definitely met your mother. Yeah. Well, Very nice person. Uh, one of the nicest. I, I, I can truthfully say, and I, <laughs> I want you to know I don't say this about everyone, one of the nicest people yeah. that I can remember meeting in recent memory. Yeah, dude. She's, she's an angel. You should, you should see my dad, though. He, he parties, man. Your father, really? <laughs> parties. Yeah, you would like him. But, uh, yeah. I mean, that's just a little bit about me. Yeah, uh, Singeeth here. Like Adam said, uh, this is our first episode, so we're not really focused on one theme. We're just focused on getting our 
our opinions out there on a bunch of different stuff. Uh, it might seem a little disorganized at first. You know, we don't have pr producers, tech people, not yet anyways. So it's going to be pretty raw, pretty unfiltered. <laughs> We're waiting um, to get big right, <laughs> once we right, get big. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> um, but now that we got that out of the way, um, Adam, I was showing you this picture earlier, and it was a picture of uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. And Mahomes was like, what, like seven, six years old? No, I think it was like five or something, something like that, something crazy. And now now, now here they are in Tampa about to, to play what I think is going to be one of the better Super Bowls of our lifetime. What do you think, Ray? I could not agree more. If you, I think if you go back and look at QB matchups, we're so privileged to be in one of the greater QB matchups of recent memory. Yeah. I mean, I, I truthfully can't go back and think of a better one other than Peyton Manning and maybe Drew Brees. I mean, that, that was a good one. True, yeah. true. But these two are, much, are playing at a much higher level than those yeah. two are, at least it's, in my opinion. It's the, the goat versus the kid, as they say. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm born and raised in kind of the Kansas area, so I'm, I'm excited. St. Patrick Mahomes, he kind of signed in with us for like the next 10 years. I mean, this guy, this guy is an absolute animal. I don't know, man. Who do you who do you guys think is gonna win? Man, I, I I gotta go with the Chiefs, and and the main reason is because I just don't think Tom Brady's gonna out outduel him. It's you gonna, think he's it, washed? I, I don't think he's washed. I think he's he's come <laughs> way farther than I thought he would. That's true. You know, um, and and I think it's gonna come down to which offense is gonna put more points on the board. I don't I don't really see him outscoring Mahomes. I think Mahomes has better weapons. He's got better coaching. Yeah, and. Uh, I just don't think at age 43, I would put my money on Mahomes to go out there and have a better game. 43, dude. I completely agree, actually. 43? Yeah. Shit. I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? I don't know. I'd say the tail of the game is kind of, kind of, I think it's going to come down to turnovers. Yeah. Last game you saw Brady play, he threw some pretty, pretty ugly turnovers at the end <laughs> of the game that almost cost him there. If you look at Patrick Mahomes, though, he's with one foot, yeah. he's still been playing out of his mind. Yeah. I think if you see the Chiefs win this Super Bowl, you're you're looking at a pretty rough ten years for the for the rest of the league. This is uh, that's true. That's true. This is the, the the Chiefs are creating like a like an NBA dynasty, but in the NFL, and I don't think we've ever seen this before. Um, I mean, with the Patriots, yeah, but they kind of had like a ten year period, and when like Brady won in what is it, like two thousand what four or five, and then yeah. won again like later on. I don't know. It seems like if these guys uh, stay together, they're going to have some success. But, I mean, look, I've been hearing about Tampa's defense, especially their, like, front four. I don't know, man. Here's what I have to say about that. If you remember, if, if you had to pick which front four was playing better this yeah. year or last year compared to the 49ers. Uh, oh, the Niners. Yeah. The Niners for sure. Yeah, Bosa true. was playing at one of the highest levels I think I've seen of a defensive end no in a postseason performance. I mean, he was playing out of his mind. And I think if you remember, for three and a half quarters, he was getting some incredible pressure on Patrick Mahomes. We didn't. We don't. We don't have Eric Fisher, though, this time around. Do you think that will make a difference? Well, not only that, not only did they get pressure, they Mahomes played probably his worst game as a pro in that Super Bowl. Yeah, he he did come back and win, but the, you know they say you, you get pressure on Mahomes, that's the way to beat the Chiefs. You know now mm -hmm. they're down Eric Fisher, um, they have another uh, offensive lineman down, and here comes a front four with Shaq Barrett and you got Dominican Sue and all these guys, and Jason Pierre-Paul too, Pierre -Paul, yeah, and it's gonna be tough. 
But on the back end, you know, what Tamp- Tampa's secondary has not been very good this year, especially yeah. against against the Chiefs. I mean, you saw what Tyreek Hill did in the first quarter earlier this year. Yeah, he had like, what, 200, 200-something 200 yards. 2,000 yards, yeah. <laughs> Two million yards in the first yeah. quarter. It'll definitely be inter- like interesting to see the adjustments that the Bucks yeah. do in this game because they got burned in that first game and burned pretty bad, I'd add. Yeah. Now, how much do you think this home field advantage plays a role in the Super Bowl? Ooh, that's a good question. First of all, I think in Super Bowls in general, the kind of the crowd that goes to a Super Bowl isn't the crowd that goes to a regular season game. These true. aren't the people that are going to tailgate yeah. the game for That's hours true. before. These are the people who have the money to afford to go to one Super Bowl. Yeah. Dude, those those Super Bowl prices were like... What is it, thousand... like 6500 for a ticket there was now? a ticket package for two tickets. Yeah. No, I think it was for one ticket mm-hmm. on the Chiefs website. It was like a fan ticket, and it was like $7,000. <laughs> I mean, can, wow. can you believe that? That is ridiculous. God, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can ever pay that much that much money. <laughs> but then also going back to the home field stuff, not only is it like a corporate like audience, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like half the corporate audience that it was before. Right, yeah, right. That's true. That's true. Um Man, that plays such a big role. I mean, this year, no fans at all at any, at most oh, of these yeah. games. Oh, it, yeah. it just did not feel the same. You know? Yeah. I mean do you think do you think Brady goes to Lambeau and and wins that game if there's full capacity? That's tough. Oh, I mean, yeah, no, Aaron, that's a tough question. Aaron's choking, man. <laughs> Aaron's been choking his whole career. I don't know. I don't know. Aaron's had it pretty rough. I will say though, he did have a chance to win that game. Yeah. At the end there. Yeah. But he couldn't form a drive. But yeah. what what do they always say? You know, Brady had a terrible second half, but comes down to it made enough throws at the very end to win, you know, and yeah. can't say the same about about Rodgers in that game and a lot of quarterbacks, you know, and that's why that's why he is who they say he is. That's very true. That's very true. He's one of the goats because when it comes down to the clutch, no one plays like Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, look, I think I think it's going to come down to a lot of coaching too. I mean, you got Andy Reid who's like well-established Super Bowl champion. Like just, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's an art, like how he how he draws up plays, and and he has yeah. he has uh, balls of steel for real. This guy is just throwing when no one else thinks that that's like a throwing down. And uh, I don't know. I think I think with with his guts, I think he's gonna have an edge. Bruce Arians, I mean, he's a good coach, but I don't think he's he's been at this kind of stage. And I think that might that inexperience might play some play some role in this game. I agree, and, and and you know I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm a lifelong Steelers fan, and and so we, we we know Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians took us to Super Bowl 40, offensive coordinator for the Steelers. Good guy, um, not the most creative coach, I think. I mean, he's not gonna you know wow you with you know the the, the pre-snap motion. He's not gonna do any of that stuff. He's gonna line you up. He's gonna try to get the ball far downfield as possible, and honestly, not really a great fit with Tom Brady's style, but. I mean, look what they've done this year. So maybe yeah. he's proven uh, oh, some yeah. people wrong as well. I don't think anyone saw the Bucks getting yeah. to where they are now. They made some serious adjustments, like after like week seven, week eight. Um, but also, like I saw this like this this post somewhere on Instagram, I think, and it was like, uh, if Mahomes were forty three at a Super Bowl, it would be like two thousand thirty nine or something like that. That's incredible. <laughs> like something ridiculous, like the age between these guys. And you say Mahomes is like the best in the NFL, and then you're saying Brady is the best ever. 
and they're playing against each other, that's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, one of the other things that we talk about a lot is Michael Jordan and LeBron James. We talk <laughs> about that started. all the time. No, get me started. But, but I will say, if Michael Jordan and LeBron James played against each other in one game, mm-hmm. people would have been talking about it for years. Oh, yeah. Like, that would be the be-all, end-all of the GOAT conversation. So what? So if, if Mahomes loses this game, can there be a conversation? <clears throat> is the question. That's tough. I mean... Mahomes is, I think, Mahomes is the best right now in the NFL, uh, but it's just it's just too early in his career to to have this kind of conversation. But even then, I feel like if his career goes the way we all think it will, yeah. and then he loses this game now, Tom Brady's always going to have an edge when people yeah. talk best quarterbacks of all time. Well, let's say he just keeps going up this trajectory. Let's say he goes to you know X more Super Bowls, keeps putting up all these records. That's all going to be incredible. But unless he goes to like a good number more Super Bowls than Brady did, if he loses to Brady when when not only are the Chiefs favored to win, but he arguably has a better supporting cast than For sure. I don't know what you can say. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a tough one. Are you guys placing any bets? Ah uh, I wish. <laughs> I think one of the best parts of the Super Bowl are all the prop bets you can have. You can bet on the coin toss. You can bet on how long the Dude, national anthem's gonna be. It's insane. You can bet on like the first song that whatever halftime performer. I think it's the weekend. Is it the weekend? It is, is, it is Ooh, the weekend. That's be a yeah, you can one. like bet on the first song he's gonna come out with. Yeah. Like there's a myriad Man. of all bets that you could come out doing. There was one Super Bowl with the Seahawks. We could bet if like Marshawn Lynch is gonna eat Skittles. <laughs> it, you, you can really bet on anything. All right. Final predictions, Ray. What do you think? I think it's going to be a blowout. I have. Wow. I, I do. I do. Wow. I okay. really do. All right. I think it's going to be, let's say, 35 to 25. Okay. I'm going to say 31-28 Chiefs. It's going to be a close one, but I think Mahomes and the Chiefs do just enough to, to edge out Brady and the Bucks. I don't even I don't know what's the what's the over under like spread wise. I know the Chiefs know. are favored. I don't know the over under though. Yeah. I mean I also think the Chiefs are gonna win let's see. If I had to give them I I would say it would be something like thirty five to twenty eight. Yeah. Hmm. Uh there was a there was a the there was someone that betted on, on Tampa. And uh, he put a two point three million dollar bet on the Bucks winning, and if he <laughs> if they win, oh, he man. gets a he gets a two million dollar payout. Dude, that's crazy. Two point five wow. million on a game. Well, I, well, you know, Tampa's not. He's probably thinking this is this is Tampa's best and maybe last chance in the foreseeable future to get to this point. You know, they've been the bottom of the league for probably longer than we've all been alive. You know, so very true. Yeah. Funny thing about the Super Bowl, my uh, my my cousin's uh, girlfriend, um, she's a she's a doctor in, in at Tampa, at USF in Tampa, and she uh, she actually had a ticket. They gave her a ticket to go wow. go to the Super Bowl for free. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, they're like they're I don't know they're they were needing some like healthcare workers to like come in and like they have to be kind of vaccinated. There's like rules to it and stuff. But I don't know. They well, like here, well here's a question. Yeah. Does she care about who wins? Dude, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I haven't. I haven't really talked to her personally about it. 
but I kind of tried to slide in, and there was, like, no transferable. Like, I couldn't go, and, like, for fair, her. Fair, It was kind of unfortunate. So, like, if she doesn't go, then no one can go. It's just, like, kind of under her name already. It's not just, like, a ticket that you just, like, submit. But probably not. I don't know. I don't really know much down there. I know my my cousin himself, he's voting. He's, like, rooting for for Tampa over the Chiefs, but he's not really that big of a football fan. But I mean, if you have Tom Brady in your city, I guess you gotta kind of kind of have to root for him. You have Tom Brady named the city after himself. I mean, Tampa yeah, Bay. Then Tampa Bay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Good, good for the NFL. You know, given the chance for these healthcare workers to get out there and and enjoy the game. Uh, the question is, are they going to be quite up to to par with the regular Tampa fans? You know, I think that could make a big difference in this game. Yeah, That's I think so point. too. That's a good one hundred percent. But I think when Roger Goodell was looking at the start of the season this year, he could not have predicted a better outcome for the Super not Bowl. Not at God. all. Yeah, this not is at like all. this is like this is like the best storyline I think I've 100%. heard. One hundred percent. Like that's it. Like this is one of the. This is arguably probably one of the best storylines. And here we in are. Super Bowl. Here we are. Not even sure if the season would start or if it would continue. Got all the the Tuesday games. You got the the Wednesday Saturday games this year because of COVID, and now here you have probably. One of the best Super Bowl matchups of the past decade. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, good for the NFL for for figuring this out at least. I mean, I honestly didn't think they were gonna make it through the season. Neither did I. Neither did I. Yeah. You got all you got all these people betting on the Super Bowl. How about all these people betting on GameStop and what's going on with the stock Dude. market nowadays? Dude, wow. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need somebody to explain this to me because I cannot wrap my head around what's going on. This is this is absolute chaos. At its finest. I mean, wow. Ray, you definitely know the most about this out of us three. I mean, what's your what's your input on this? So I've been following Wall Street bets <laughs> since March, yeah. when the whole stock market came crashing down, uh-huh. which is when I started getting into stocks. Um, but as far as what's going on with GameStop, I have not seen a more blatant violation. Oh yeah. I mean these hedge fund people and these billionaires Mm -hmm. they will do everything in their power legal or illegal (laughs) to keep the rest of us without having any money i i I think it's incredible yeah i think the links that these people will go to one either knowing that they can get away with it or two knowing that whatever the consequences are they're still going to come out on top if they break the law, it's just, it blows my mind, honestly. Yeah. It blows my mind that that's the system we live in. And, you know, that's, that's what I've been hearing. And so correct me if I'm wrong, but so how this started was that these 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 uh, people up on Wall Street were betting on GameStop stock to decrease in value. Is that right? Right, right. So GameStop was at $5 a share. Okay. Okay. And these people were betting that it was going to go down much further. So they're literally banking that GameStop is going to close down, that thousands of GameStop employees are going to lose their jobs, mm-hmm. be home, not, not, but just be like out of a job. Right. Right. And they're hoping to profit from that. And so is this, is this a common thing like in Wall Street? So they just, you, you got people just betting on the downfall of, of numerous companies, not just GameStop, right? Like it just happens all the time. Right. I think if you remember to 2008, the movie The Big Short, people were shorting the stock house, the like housing market. Right. Oh. So they made a bunch of profit from betting that a bunch of people were going to end up being homeless. 
that's what that that's at the end at the end of the day that's what they're hoping for they're putting money that these people are going to end up homeless so they won so how so how does that work like if they like do they you're saying like these these people with hedge funds they're they're gonna they're you're saying they're shorting this the the stock itself and then right so they're saying they're betting that it's going to go down and then um so do they like does that mean they sell this the actual stock or like how does that how does that like what what do they what do they do right so the hedge fund people don't actually own any shares of gamestop okay they're selling out shares that they've lent oh oh wait okay right you mean so in a very figurative sense imagine that singith over here is going with his buddy to gamestop okay he promises his dad and his rich buddies that he can get them whatever uh, a, a switch he bets he can get them a switch for two hundred dollars right. the switch is selling for two hundred dollars but singith has a ticket a little coupon for five dollars off all right so think singith, singith is going to go buy the switch for 195 with his five dollars off and sell it to his dad's friends his rich friends and make a profit okay following so far yeah mm-hmm. so singith went and this is what the hedge funds did they put a short on the market so they Imagine Singith went to his parents, his rich friends, and promised $4,000 worth of switches. Okay. Okay? Yeah. But now, imagine that Adam over here is Keith Gill, the man behind Deep Fucking Value. <laughs> right. <laughs> the original guy who was posting about this on Wall Street Bets. Right. Yeah. This guy, Keith, this guy Keith Gill. And this, this is the Reddit guy. Yeah. This is the Reddit guy. He convinces all of us to go to GameStop okay. and buy switches. So now, no matter where Singith goes, he can't buy a switch. Oh. So now, because all these other people are buying switches, I can't buy a switch and pretty much kind of screw my rich friends, right? Right. So now you owe them switches, right? Right. And Adam controls the price of the switches because he owns all of oh, them. Oh, okay. This guy. So it's pretty much getting back. It's that buying the poly switch is a way of getting back at, at, at me in this figurative sense for. Um, buying them at a cheaper price and selling them at a higher price. Right, right. Okay. So Adam's figured out that if he can get enough people behind him, he can make a profit from this. Not only he can make a profit from this, he's trying to screw you over, essentially. Yes, and, and in this case, so this Keith Gill guy has this community on Reddit and attracted all these followers with this idea. And now they've executed this idea. And did they buy shares of GameStop? Is that what they did? Correct, mm-hmm. right. And so now that they control all this... The guys up on Wall Street now can't short these stocks. Yeah. So the whole end game here is the squeeze. The squeeze, if I'm going to borrow a line from Wall Street Bets, the squeeze has not been squoze yet. <laughs> the squoze has yet to happen. They're, everyone is holding. Correct. Everyone. There is no exit. Uh, there is no exit way for this. No way. Right. Diamond hands, rocket ships, <laughs> all the emojis that they put on Wall Street Bets. GME to the moon. To the moon, as they say. <laughs> This guy, dude. I'm looking at at a, at a picture of this guy. I can't believe this is the the face of the re- the revolution. Just yeah. Look at that. Yeah. One of the things that I find most funny about this man is that when he started this, he really thought that GameStop was just gonna rise in value because he believed in like GameStop, not not like GameStop the company that it was. He thought GameStop could like pivot to like have a space for like people like us to go play video games or something. Because right. they, they have a tons of stores open already, they could yeah. just pivot what they do and like be profitable okay, from I it. See. Like that's... become like an arcade kind of thing, right? And okay. I think that's how it started with him. But gotcha. when that what like happened was like people saw the squeeze happen, 
and it became like a meme stock. Right. Like people saw so now a way to screw over these fun. hedge funds. Yeah. 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 And so now this has grown to not just GameStop, but now what is it like AMC? Um, yeah. So people figured Nokia. out that hedge funds yeah. have shorts on amc blackberry nokia right all these blockbuster uh, what like thought to be dead companies yeah right so you buy you have a bunch of people buy this stock the stock price goes up Mm -hmm. and then if you sell that stock then you're going to make a lot of money obviously so the whole end game here is when the price goes up right in our scenario of sangeeth with switches Mm -hmm. he would have to pay a bunch of his money to get your switches right so Sangeet is going to go bankrupt right? trying to get you your switches. And, and then so. the billionaires, since they, uh, you know, run this whole market thing. Correct. They're just like, shut it all down. They're going to have to sell some positions to right. make this money. And they saw this coming. Right. And I, I, I don't know this to be true. I know this from Wall Street Bets. Uh-huh. They pressured... They pressured some people at Robinhood, the CEO mainly, right. to make some poor decisions and close off trading. I mean, and Robinhood is like one of the like in- investment apps that a lot of people kind of are into. That it's just one of the brokerage apps where you can right. invest um, without having to like put any fees or anything. Yeah, that's it. If I, go, if I go right now on Robinhood, the app, I can't even make an account. I can't even buy GameStop. Like that's it. They just shut it down. So as of as of yesterday, you could buy a limit of two shares of GameStop. You couldn't buy any more. And what Robinhood had before, fractional shares. Yeah. You can't. You have to buy a whole share. Dude. Which wow. is incredibly awful because you know wow. a lot of people were doing like you. You see this meme online. Right. Everyone wants to get in. Right. But not everyone has the $400 to put it on GameStop. That makes sense. So you buy a fractional share for like 20 bucks, 100 bucks, 50 yeah. bucks. So now so now 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 that's happened. And now now if you're Keith Gill, you see this happen, what is your what's your counterattack? What do you do? So Keith Gill, I believe, is under the assumption that we live in a free market. <laughs> which 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 first of all it seems like we do not because of what's going on. Right. But he is under the assumption that you know, there are a lot of brokerage firms that are still allowing people to trade and buy GameStop still. Okay. He's hoping that these people are going to continue to raise the price mm-hmm. and that the squeeze will happen. That these hedge funds are going to have to buy back these shares, setting the price way up. Right. And pretty much just bankrupting. I hate, I mean, bankrupting these uh, yeah, the billionaires. hedge funds. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing that's tough is that, I mean, I don't even think it's just Robin Hood. I mean, from what I understand, it's, like, some other apps, too, that are kind of involved in this. And I think that's, like, tough is you're talking about kind of fraction shares and things like that. I mean, I'm opening up, like, the stock market. I'm looking at all these stocks, and you got things like Amazon, like Tesla, right? You got these, like, you know, these these companies, well-known companies that I guess you can say you can trust because you kind of understand a little bit more than, than other, you know, smaller companies, per se, and... I mean, look, I don't have $800 that I can just put into Tesla. But, right. you know, the people that have a lot of money, they can kind of make this, like, diverse portfolio that makes sense for them. But, like, for those that have are on student loans, you know, and want to get into investing, can't get fraction shares. They're, like, stuck, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I think the opportunity that you guys will see coming up is when these – if the squeeze does happen – these hedge funds are going to have to buy back the shares and then they're going to have to sell the shares that they own of right. 
profitable companies, the Amazons, the Facebooks, the Microsoft, oh, wow. the Apples. Oh. So you might see those prices go down. Interesting. Wow. And you, and you know, on Twitter now, all you see is, um, you know, here is an example of, of the common man trying to get involved in the stock market. And when, and when they try to play the games that are reportedly have been played by people higher up, they get shut down. And, you know, so, you know, I think that's where a lot of the outrage is coming from. And, and it got me thinking, you know, the stock market is very complicated. I had no idea what was going on when I, when I read this stuff because, you know, I just, I just really haven't paid much attention to it. But something this important, you know, we don't really learn this in school. We don't really uh, – we're not really exposed to it unless you really go out of your way to, to learn it on your own. You know, why do you think that is? Why do you think we, we, don't, we don't have more exposure to it? You know, you go up to the common – to the average guy, you know, in your coffee shop, you know, probably doesn't know about how the stock market works. That's a phenomenal question. It's really a phenomenal yeah, question. I mean, look, they—it's it, kind of obvious from what they're doing that these billionaires that own these like hedge funds don't want the common man to to make that much money. Like they're they're doing obviously these these illegal things. It seems like it seems like we we have this free market or supposedly a free market, and that we can kind of go and invest and and, and research and kind of put our research into into these stocks and and, and see profit. And um, when we kind of do, I mean, what I understand is the same thing that these hedge funds billionaires are doing. We're the ones that get to shut down. I don't know. I mean, is that is that correct? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I understand is like what they what they are doing right now is something that we that we're kind of getting shut down for. Right, right, and then I think you know, kind of going back to 2008, you saw it where these hedge funds are betting that. All these Americans are going to lose their houses and things like that, and they become profitable. And now we're betting that these hedge funds aren't going to be able to cover their losses. Right. But the government intervenes, and we and we can't make those bets. Yeah, that's just. I don't know. That's just. It, it seems like the whole system's corrupt. And why? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, feel like. I, I mean, heck? why does it have to be one way or the other? You know, I feel like in. in Either way, somebody's losing, you know? Right, right. There's got to be a better way than that. And I think that's why you see, like, at least people on Reddit, too. They're wondering, like, how can you put that much of a short on GameStop where you're just hoping that the whole thing closes down, that people lose their jobs? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's sick, yeah. I don't know. It's it's tough, too, when they they start putting restrictions on, on a stock market like you're as as a common man who maybe is interested in a lot of different things i mean you're, you're playing this game it seems like with with professionals that not only know how to play the game better than you but can make their own rules right and i think that goes back to what sangeet was saying like if we if more people could get educated about how stocks work i feel like we'd be living uh in like a very different place right now yeah. compared to where we are yeah if, if that was the case, I feel like the rules would definitely change. You know, I feel that a lot more people would be making a lot more money, and that would not sit very well with the, the fellows up top now. Right, right. Eat the rich, as they say. <laughs> Eat the rich. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, that was that was definitely something that was informative for me. Uh, Ray, thank you for kind of explaining that. I mean, other than that, uh, look, we have we have a lot of you know interesting topics coming for you guys, a lot of things coming on the way, um, and uh, we're kind of excited for for you guys to to hear about it. Yeah, 
we, we appreciate y'all sticking around. Um, we hope we hope you'll stick with us. You know, it's going to be a, a growing process. You know, we're going to try to get better as we go on. Um, and uh, we really appreciate the support. Yeah, thanks for riding with us. For sure. Hope you guys had a great time listening. I know we had a great time talking. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully we can keep this up a lot longer. Sangeet, can you give us a, a little preview about what our next episode is going to be? Well, for, for, for starters, next episode, we're going to have a, a great discussion on the popular Netflix series, Indian Matchmaking. You know, we got a lot of different uh, uh, backgrounds, cultures, uh, opinions here. And I think we're going to have a good time uh, talking about it. Are arranged marriages healthy? Find out in our next episode. See you later, guys.